Coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina, and across the sandy beaches of the Carolina coast, take warning, this is Kaniac Sessions. Kaniac Sessions. Providing you with in-depth coverage of your Carolina Hurricanes. And now, let's get on to the session with your hosts, Griff and A.B. Hello out there, Kaniac Nation. Thanks for joining us for session 14 of Kaniac Sessions. I'm Griff. And I'm A.B. And we have A.B. back today y'all after missing last session out sick how are you feeling buddy feeling a lot better still uh getting over it but uh the show goes on that's right that's right yeah i've got a little uh little bit of something going on in my head too i don't know so if y'all can hear it out there uh i apologize but bear with me and we'll get through it mm-hmm. um but anyways, before we get going here, we're brought to you by DraftKings and Raycon as a member of THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, by now, you know the drill, right? Sign up for DraftKings. Use code THPN when doing so and score some bonus bets. Uh, also, Raycon, which you'll hear about shortly uh, when we do the ad read, but you can use promo code THPN. Uh, for early Black Friday and get uh, up to 50% off certain products. We're also partnered with SeatGeek, right? So first-time ticket buyers can use promo code Kaniac Sessions. That's one word, no space between Kaniac and Sessions to get $20 off your first ticket purchase. So take advantage of all of that, utilize it, and save yourself some money. Um, <clears throat> So, A.B., we got some stuff to talk about. We've got... Uh, a couple games up in New York that have happened since uh, last recording. And then, you know, there's just some topics that I want to get to. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you have some as well that we can just mm-hmm. dissect and talk about and mm-hmm. really, uh, you know, kind of figure out what's going on with this team and uh, whether they're doing better or not and what we think is coming as we get through the beginning of November onto the homestand for the second half of November. Um yeah. So, yeah, Thursday night, uh, we were up at MSG to play the Rangers in a 2-1 loss. Uh, A.B., let's uh, get you to walk us through that game. Well, so early in the first period, Chris Kreider scored a power play goal on a great feed from Artemi Pernarin, made it one to nothing, and then uh, Jarvis responded on a great feed from Ajo, made it one to one, and the Rangers – Ended up scoring the game-winning goal uh, late in the third to make it 2-1. to one. You know, Carolina didn't play horrible. It, we just really couldn't get a bounce, hit the post a couple times. And Shesterkin was Shesterkin. Doing uh, what he does, right? That's right. And uh, <laughs> the real uh, big, quote-unquote, controversy was that Ajo slew-footed Adam Fox and he did not return for the second or the third period. And uh, it was announced uh, the next day that he was placed on IR out for two to four weeks. Saying Ajo's a dirty player, dirty this, dirty that. Like, Ajo hadn't made a dirty play in his life. Like, why Why would he do it in a regular season game? Like, yeah, Ajo, who's a superstar, is just going to go out and intention- intentionally injure uh a rangers player like that doesn't make any sense and people are calling for you know oh suspend him or hearing it's like whatever i mean it's it wasn't dirty and if you look at the clip fox sticks his leg out Ajo's just standing straight where he is so if you're complaining especially after a win i know adam fox uh you know i wish the best for him and especially hopefully the injury isn't serious but the way that you're going to say that Ajo's dirty and that it was intentional, it, you need to get your eyes checked. Yeah, uh, you know, our friend from over at the Warning Take did a nice uh, video analysis of this. And real quick before I go on, um, he was supposed to join us this week for session 14, uh, but he is also under the weather. So 
he had to cancel, but we're going to have him on for session 15. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the plan. That's the current plan. So we're going to try to get that. But anyway, um, he did a really good analysis on the uh, Fox Aho need any contact. And, you know, I, I encourage everybody to go check that out because he does a really good job of explaining, um, you know, what he saw and, you know, this is not, like you said, this is nothing more than incidental contact. I mean, you know, maybe Aho was trying to prevent Adam Fox from, you know, skating up into the slot, you know, wide open. But, you know, his intent was not to hurt him. Because, to be honest, Sebastian Aho could have received the same injury that Adam Fox received. Mm-hmm. You know, knee to knee contact, that, you know, Aho was fortunate that he didn't get hurt, but um, it could have happened. So how do you really think Sebastian Aho is going to put himself in a situation to, to get a long-term injury? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. And, no. you know, what makes me even more angry about this whole situation is, you know, you get the head coach up in his presser after the game talking about he didn't like the hit. Okay, Pete, what did you not like about the hit? what i mean the fact that yeah like i get it your your best player is you know out long term you know i get it i do understand but what what didn't you what's dirty about it pete you know what i mean and then and then the captain you know truba truba's going to truba you know but he still has the c on his chest and for him to get up there and act you know the way he did and, and release the statement that he released is just it's immature. Uh, it's, you know, I don't know. Just didn't like the whole thing around it. And I feel like if I was a Rangers fan, I could look at that objectively and say, you know, this was not intentional. And I don't understand why people can't do that. I don't understand um, how, how you could look at that and just argue for the sake of argument that it was intentional. Um, I don't know. I mean, it also what really made me mad too is that Rangers fans were calling for Aho to be injured the next game uh, they play. Right. Like, what kind of fan base is that? Like, right. you're really going to show class by wanting to injure a player that it was accidental contact, not out of malpractice or anything like that. And for Peter Peter Laviolette to say that, I mean, yeah, he won a Stanley Cup and. Uh, Carolina I mean that was that was huge but he's good for three years and then he gets fired so I mean I don't know why he's talking and Jacob Truba I mean his career is filled with dirty hits that's all he's known for so why are you gonna sit here and say oh he didn't he didn't stand up after he made a dirty hit like what dirty hit he He didn't go for the head like he shouldn't have to fight if he didn't do anything wrong right yeah I was thinking though. <laughs> I was thinking when you when when you when we saw um, Lafreniere skate up and grab a hold of Aho, I was like, you know what, Aho should have just laid that dude out because he could have. Lafreniere is the biggest, you know what, mm-hmm. in the Metropolitan Division. So um, I was like, man, Aho should just knock that dude out and and went on about his business but well he's vi- he's vying for a roster spot next year because so far in his first two years i mean he hasn't done anything yeah yeah he is definitely underperformed for sure sorry to be controversial but i mean it's the truth <clears throat> no you're, you're exactly right um but you know i'm assuming the next time we play the rangers we may see one brendan lemieux in the lineup um Maybe we'll get a Lemieux Truba fight. That would be fun. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> All Is right, Fox enough about that. Do it? No, he's not gonna no, do it. He's, no, he's not. He won't even. He that dude won't even jump hard onto the wall. So, <laughs> um, enough about that. Whatever it is, what it is. But um, you know, two one is your final against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Not bad. I mean, it would have been nice to get a point at least out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the win, we could have gotten a win. We played well enough to win. Mm-hmm. But um, came up short, you know, move on. It wasn't bad. We didn't, you know, it wasn't like the start of the season where we were bleeding goals. 
you know, two one solid effort by Freddie. Um, you know, on to the Islanders. So New York Islanders Saturday night or last night as a recording. Uh, Carolina got the win four three in overtime. AB, I thought uh, Carolina really got to their game quickly. I thought they outplayed the Islanders, you know, throughout the first period. But, you know, another late period goal um, has been a problem for this team, late period goals. Mm-hmm. But uh, Noah Dobson uh, was, you know, on the right side as you're looking at the net. He skates in front of Jarvis. Jarvis just kind of let him get to the center of the ice uh, out toward the front of the goal. Looked like to me, that Tony D'Angelo was standing right at the top of the blue paint. And uh, it looked like he had gotten boxed out a little bit by Mm -hmm. the, by one of the Islanders. Mm -hmm. And D'Angelo was trying to get off of that, you know, that block couldn't really get around him. And by the time he finally created separation and was going to make a play on the puck, Dobson had already backhanded it over Ranta. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Jarvis should have never let him get across to the front. Jarvis should have ensured that he pushed him outward to the boards instead of letting him go to the center. And then once he went to the center, Tony should have been been able to get off of that that box and, you know, at least try to get stick on puck or something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, defensive lap by the forward, Seth Jarvis, and defensive laps by Tony that should have played that better. Um and, you know, Ranta, I don't even know if he had a chance on it. Uh, I don't even think he knew it was coming until it was over his shoulder. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Islanders would score two goals in the second period. Uh, Holmstrom and Barzell both scored to make it 3-0 about eight minutes into the period. Mm-hmm. Uh, just 32 seconds later, Jalen Chatfield hits a rocket. Uh, Sorokin didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarvis had a nice net front. I believe Stahl was there. Made mm-hmm. it 3-1. And then you kind of felt like, and maybe maybe you didn't feel like this, but mm-hmm. uh, I had a you know last night I was on the Caniac Report with uh, Sam Driscoll, and we talked about this. At the second end of the second period, you felt like you needed to be within one goal because the Islanders are like the best at locking down the neutral zone mm-hmm. and preventing chances whenever they need to, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just thought that 3-1 was too much of a hole to dig yourself out of mm-hmm. um, against the Islanders anyway. And that's the, that's the way I felt. But mm-hmm. uh, Carolina came out in third, controlled the game, played their style, uh, was all over New York. But Sorokin was solid. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, 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 Dmitry Orlov gets his first as a hurricane. Uh, on a pass from KK and Svech, with about eight minutes left, made it 3-2, and then we had life. At that point, I was like, we're going to tie this. If not win, uh, we're all over them, right? Mm-hmm. And then about three minutes later, we get a power play. Well, power play comes about a minute later, and then about four seconds left on that power play, Andre Svechnikov from below the, the goal line makes a beautiful pass that KK buries right over Sorokin. Chef's kiss right there. Oh, it was beautiful. And KK just continues his amazing start to the season. Uh, That tied the game 3-3, right? And then give me Carolina in overtime any day against anybody. We seem to be able to have a knack for three-on-three. But... The Islanders got possession of the puck first, and, you know, they kept it for a while. Um, it was hard. You know, we were trying to trying to forecheck, trying to get, you know, intercept the puck or whatever. But the Islanders were able to put a great shot on Ronta. Um, Ronta makes a huge save. Carolina gets control of the puck, skates down the ice. Natchez leaves the puck uh, right in front of the blue line. Ajo picks it up, carries it toward the net. Um, and shoots five hole in Sorokin for the game winning goal. That was Ajo's second of the season, and only his only his first goal since uh, his shorty against the Kings uh, back in Game Three. So mm-hmm. Ajo needs to get going, man. 
Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know, but uh, you know what's going on there. But hopefully, he's hopefully this right here is the spark that he needs to start scoring some goals. No, definitely. Uh, for him to score that overtime winner, definitely to get a boost in confidence was huge. And Dmitry Orlov, he's been uh, knocking at the door for a goal, and for him to finally get one, maybe that's a breakthrough. And I remember the last episode I sent in a question. Does Orloff continue his uh, uh, three-game hot streak? And it looks like he did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice for him to get one, and, you know, hopefully that'll keep going. Uh, but you need to get your superstars going. And for Ajo to come up in the clutch in overtime, especially uh, without Michael Bunting, who um, couldn't play for uh, – Family reasons, and, right, right. you know, we m- wish him all the best. Uh, but it, it just, at the end of the second and the whole third period, it felt like that we were in the offensive zone for like two to three minutes. Just yeah. high-quality chances everywhere. New York couldn't get to a puck, and when they did, it was easily turned over. Um the one thing that I will say uh, the Hurricanes need to work on is definitely uh, protecting the front of the net uh, because, you know, we'll have two defensemen crash uh, behind the goal line and, you know, a center or a winger can easily just come down. And I don't know if it's miscommunication or, you know, uh, a missed uh, spot, but I've noticed that that has kind of been a reoccurring theme uh for Carolina because a lot of the goals have been out in front and there were times during uh, the game as well uh, with Carolina, especially when they were on the power play and just, you know, in the slot when they had time, we would just make an extra pass when we really didn't need to. Right. Like we need to shoot it on net. We have net front presence. Jarvis has stepped up his game uh, in the net front. I mean, we saw that on the first goal. Um, you know, there are a lot of moving pieces, but, you know, net front presence, um, and, you know, not letting, uh, the wingers, well, all the forwards come in right in front of the goalie and get a easy, uh, cherry pick and just score. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's, uh, I will say though. When Dmitry Orlov scored that goal, you could just see in his face just an instant sigh of relief. Yeah, yeah. But I think for all fans, it was an instant sigh of relief. Like yeah, maybe this is the turning point. For sure. All right, AB, let's take a break and uh, get to our first sponsor, DraftKings. Let's do it. The NFL season is going strong. And DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And we're back. We are back. All right, let's get into just some uh, <clears throat> some different topics that uh, we have to go over here. 
And the mm-hmm. first one is there was during the, it was like during the game last night uh, against the Islanders. And there was a report that came out uh, from Friedman uh, that talked about Carolina looking to ship out a defenseman and that one of the names being floated around was Tony D'Angelo. Uh-huh. Um, what's your thoughts on that? You know, I really can't trust the news outlets because you never know what goes on behind closed doors. So I take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, but I also kind of understand because Brett Pesci's coming back and he's obviously going to be uh, put in with Shea, uh, the D'Angelo and Orloff pairing, you know, hasn't worked the way that all of us expected it to. Um, I, I don't want to see D'Angelo get traded because I think he uh, brings value on the power play uh and you know he's shown signs of progress and you know he's been great here and you know i don't want to see him go but you know if that happens who are you going to bring in are you going to get draft picks are you going to bring in hopefully a right-handed center or you know sign eric stall maybe to fill in that uh fourth line center because Jack Drury, he just hasn't really contributed the way that um, both of us expected. And we weren't, you know, as high on him uh, in the first place. But, you know, we've heard reports. He's taking a step forward. He's doing this. He's doing that. Well, when's the step forward? Because clearly he hadn't shown it. Yeah, my thing on D'Angelo is this. <clears throat> you know, if 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 they want to trade him, I can kind of understand. You know, the thing about it is, and I talked about again, I talked about this last night with uh, with Sam from uh, Kenyak Report, but you know, it's no secret that Tony D'Angelo is not a strong defensive player, right? We know this. Um. You know, he has like like you said, he has his moments. You know, he's he's capable, but he's also capable of catastrophic mistakes. And you can kind of put up with that because of what he brings offensively. And when Tony D'Angelo is contributing offensively to the best of his ability, that kind of makes up for his defensive miscues. Right, because he's outscoring his problems basically, and they they kind of equal out. Some games they do, some games they don't. But anyway, right now, the offensive side of Tony D'Angelo is not here. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's got some assists. Yes, he's good on the power play. He moves the puck well in power play. But outside of that, nothing. I mean, he has no mm-hmm. five on five goals. I, he doesn't have any goals. Period. But mm-hmm. um, you don't even know what his five on five assists are. I'd, I'd be Curious to see what his points are on five on five, but um, you know, it's just the offense isn't there. And 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 I hate, you know, I'm not saying this because any other reason than what I see on the ice, because I, I do like Tony D'Angelo. I like the guy, I like the person, I like the player, uh, I like mm. the teammate. I, I just like Tony D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a hockey standpoint, in the current state of this team, mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's the answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it and it hurts me to say that, but he may not be. He may need. And look, I don't expect them to get a huge return, right, for Tony D'Angelo. This may mm-hmm. be a move. They may move him out to clear the log jam on the defense because I think when they brought him in, they I, I think they had every intent of trading Brett Pesci. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen for whatever reason. They couldn't get what they wanted. Something fell through. Whatever. But Brett Pesci is still on the roster. And mm-hmm. I think now there's there's a log jamming that they need to clear up because Jalen Chatfield's got to play, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I think that's what their mindset is. Mm-hmm. So I think they are going to to trade D'Angelo as a cap as a cap dump to save one point six million dollars and use that at a uh, trade deadline acquisition or you know 
another trade or a, a signing or whatever just to have some extra cap room to bring in somebody they want to later. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this is necessarily going to be a trade for, you know, like a hockey trade, you know, player for player. It may just be, uh, you know, a future considerations kind of thing. Um, and we we may end up wind up even retaining some salary on it. I don't know. But that's what this feels like to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hate to say that I agree with it, but I, 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 I guess I do. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, when D'Angelo came in, I think all of us were expecting, you know, the D'Angelo that was here two years ago that was the record-setting point-getter for a defenseman in Carolina Hurricanes history. And Brett Burns came in last year and, you know, uh, beat that record. And, you know, bringing back D'Angelo, all of us had hopes of, you know, He's going to be the same guy that we got. He had a great year last year, even though there were some off-the-ice issues uh, with, you know, coaching um, and personal reasons. Uh, But D'Angelo just hasn't been himself. And uh, Carolina can't afford to let D'Angelo figure it out because our roster looks like a Stanley Cup champion roster and you know we're seven and five and you know I know it's you know not time to freak out but definitely Chatfield looks a lot better on the ice compared to D'Angelo yeah well I'll ask you this you know speaking of Brent Burns Mm -hmm. there's a lot of speculation out there amongst the fan base that you know there's a lot of people wondering is he showing signs of slowing down is he um you know is his age catching up to him or you know what do you think well you know i can see where fans are coming from and you know anybody who watches the hurricanes but when brent burns is on the ice you know you don't really point out oh he made this mistake he made this mistake like you know He's a top-line defenseman. You know, maybe you can move him down to the second line, but Burns is just reliable. You know, his offensive side, you know, hasn't really been the way um, it was last year, and I get that that's something, you know, strange for fans to be like, oh, like, you know, why is he playing like this, even though last year he was brilliant, you know, and, you know, he's playing beside Jacob Slavin, uh, and anybody who plays besides Slavin is going to play great because Jacob Slavin just makes everybody better. Um, I don't think Brent Burns is showing signs of slowing down. Uh, it, it's just there's so much firepower to this roster. Um, and once, you know, even though, oh, we're seven and five, we almost, it's like, we get better, then we take a step back, then we get better. But I want it to be where we keep getting better. And Brent Burns is a key part of that because even though he doesn't get assists or, you know, goals or points, you know, he's still involved. You know, he's still a crucial part of penalty kill, four on four, five on five, overtime. So I don't really see him slowing down. Yeah, I don't either. I think I think the I think we need to quit expecting these guys to be perfect. Um yes, they have gotten off to a slow start, a lot slower than anybody expected, but um I think that the whole team is trying to figure out figure it out. And I think they I think they've started to. I think we're seeing it. Um you know, we we just had three games on the road and we we dropped one at MSG and won the other two. Like that's, I feel like that's normal, you know, um, beating Philadelphia on the road, then going to New York, losing to the Rangers in Madison Square Garden, 2-1, and then going and beating the Islanders in overtime. That's just normal to me, right, in any year, especially the last couple of years since Carolina's been, you know, the caliber team they have been. So I think that they are figuring it out. Um, 
I think everybody is just kind of still shook from the way the season started mm-hmm. because our expectations were so high. But mm-hmm. I think the key, the team is trying to build chemistry right now. They're trying to work through some things. Everybody's going through it. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to write Brent Burns off until, you know, he's showed us that it's time because he has not um, – I'm not ready to write him off just because he had one turnover last night. You know, I mean, come on, people. Yeah. Brent Burns is not slowing down because he had a turnover last night. Like, give me mm-hmm. a break. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just mm-hmm. my thoughts. I'm not going to write him off until it's time to write him off because mm-hmm. it's just, it's not now. But one thing I will, I was wondering too, and I'll ask you is, I feel like maybe Carolina's defense, team defense, right, is lacking a little bit because they're trying to, you know, is this an issue because we have tried to create more offense? Um, you know, have we kind of, if you if you think of like a, a seesaw, right? Have we kind mm-hmm. of we kind of turned the needle to the right a little bit to create more offense and and take some more defensive risks? Is that, you know, could that be something that's going on here? You know, I think what's is so great about Carolina is that they get contributions from the blue line. Uh, and especially last year and, you know, this year you added a lot of scoring to the blue line, but you also have a lot of scoring from your forwards. And, uh, you know, I think maybe that, you know, rod system, it's like, you know, defense, Defensemen will uh, score goals, they'll have points, but you also have forwards that can do the same. And in reality, on paper, the forwards are supposed to be the ones scoring. And I think it's, uh, we have so many guys on our defense that can contribute offensively, but maybe there's that side that maybe they're forgetting that they also need to contribute defensively. Because the only guy that I've seen uh, do that uh, is Slavin. And, I mean, rightfully so. Yeah, I don't know. That's just something I was wondering. You know, I don't know if that's the case or not. But I think think the team is figuring it out. I think they're getting there. I think, you know, again, I think we'll be around New Year's. I think we'll be looking back on this time and being like, Hey B, can you ever can you believe we even ever doubted these guys for a minute? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's probably I hope that's where we're gonna be. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um well with that Tony D'Angelo story that you know appeared last night, you start to wonder if maybe Brett Pesci is getting close to returning. We knew it was gonna be about a you know two to four weeks. I think we're about at that approaching that two week mark. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, maybe, maybe they're looking at getting this guy back here within the next couple of weeks, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, but, um, we, I bet you, we get a report here tomorrow. So Monday, as you're listening to this, Mm -hmm. uh, I bet we get a report as they return to practice Monday and have some media availability, but we'll see. Um, AB, let's just to touch on some of our prospects that are playing throughout the AHL. How about Dylan Coglin? Have, have <laughs> you been have you been following this guy at all? I've seen it a lot on social media, and I kind of had to do a double take because I was like, "Is this the same guy who played for us last year?" Yeah, he's got two game winning goals in like the last week mm-hmm. uh, for Springfield. Well, five and, goals total through yeah. nine games, right? Yeah, five goals, two assists through nine games. He's third on the entire team in goals and leads the entire defense in scoring. And that's with two games. He missed their first two games when he was down here uh, in Raleigh before they sent him Mm. to Springfield. So, Mm -hmm. um, wow, like, if only only he could do that in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, I wish, I wish he could do that here. Uh, it's definitely shows progress to his game, uh, to see that in, you know, Don and, you know, or not GMs because of situations like this where all 
Canes fans were ready for him to go. And he's in the AHL and he's contributing. So, I mean, let him keep playing really well. And, you know, if something happens to the defense, bring him up. See if that game can translate to the NHL, which I'm sure it can. Yeah, maybe not maybe not to that extent. I don't expect yeah. him to have five goals in nine <laughs> games, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's a step in the right direction. He was he was a uh he was the first star in the entire AHL Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was announced by the AHL. So mm-hmm. Dylan Coglin, first star of the night. Wow. That's uh keep it rolling. I never thought I'd see the day. I mean, it is the HL, but hey, it's a step in the right well, direction. I mean, still, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's good. It's good to see. Um, a couple Speaking other of prospects. prospects. Speaking yeah, of prospects, uh, there's a guy who was injured, uh, and he's returning. What do you have on that? So, a couple of them, right? So, Vasily Ponomarov has was assigned uh, to the Tucson Roadrunners, which is the AHL affiliate for. Uh, Arizona. He's healthy. He's playing. I believe they played the Chicago Wolves last night. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Panamarov up there playing. Uh, of course, nobody up there is the same as when he was there last year. So, mm-hmm. um, and the Wolves dead last. Man, <laughs> <laughs> wonder why. We want to <laughs> win now. No prospects. Um, yeah. And then it was reported today that. Ryan Suzuki was likely to be assigned to Springfield mm. um, here within the coming hours. So I haven't seen any reports that's happened today. So maybe tomorrow or Monday, as you're listening to this, uh, he mm-hmm. may be assigned. Mm-hmm. So Ryan Suzuki will go join Jamison Reese and Dylan Coglin in Springfield uh, for the Thunderbirds. And for those wondering, they are the AHL affiliate to the St. Louis Blues. So, mm-hmm. um, and just quickly, while it's on my mind, Yanni Peretz earned his first shutout uh, professionally. There you at, go at Norfolk over the weekend. So nice. some good. Uh, he's doing good good things down there, from what I understand as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. AB, yes, we finally, finally get another home game Tuesday night. That's right. Thank yeah, we've God. been waiting. We've been waiting. (laughs) 12 games now. Three of them have been at home. Um, But that's about to change. We got Buffalo Tuesday night uh, returning to PNC Arena. I'll be in the building. AB, I'll see you there. Yes. And then then Carolina heads on the road for uh, back-to-back Friday and Saturday night against the Panthers and then Tampa Bay. Once that, once those two games uh, are completed, out of the next seven games that are remaining in November, mm-hmm. six of those will be home. So, uh, big sigh of relief. Hopefully, we can start stacking up some wins here. Um, you know, now that we, you know, settled a little bit, home stand, get into some rhythms, get into some grooves, and start stacking up some points. Um, in the standings now real quick before we move on mm-hmm. i will say at as it stands right now we are two points behind the rangers in the metro mm-hmm. in second um the devils are getting ready to drop the puck tonight against i believe it's chicago uh we are currently one point i believe ahead of the devils mm-hmm. so given the rough start to the season and I may I will add that we do have a game, or I'm sorry, that we have played an additional game than both the Devils and the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the points don't matter if you don't win. So we'll see what the Devils do tonight. But the Rangers lost in overtime last night to Minnesota. Uh-huh. And uh, so even though we've had a rough start, we are still in position um, with the, the front runners within the division. So that's mm-hmm. good news. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you got, uh, AB, before we get on to wrapping this episode? I'm sorry, this session up? 
Well, hate to beat a dead horse down, but the penalties. The penalties. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know. I'm I'm not, you know, pointing blame to referees or anything. You know, that's part it's part of the game. Penalties for uh part of the game, but five to two or five to one? Talk about the Rangers game. Yeah. Like and then and then right before that against the the Flyers it was the same thing, five to two I believe. I don't. I know that we're not as disciplined as we should be, but some of the you know some of the calls are a little controversial. So I think we just gotta stay out of the box according to you know NHL rules or you know, I mean whatever. But it just in the beginning of the season, you know, we were scored on the most and a lot of that was from penalties. So yeah, we need to get that problem fixed because Aho can't score shorthanded goals all the time. Wish he could, but you know, it's not the reality of the situation. So they, they definitely need to, you know, uh, be more disciplined because I think that has cost us a couple of games. It has, but I will say that the penalty kill has gotten better. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's gotten a lot better. And, you know, the <laughs> the Rangers could have easily had four power play goals. Yep. Based on the power plays they were given, but they didn't. Part of that might have been because Adam Fox was out for majority of the game. But part of that is also our penalty kill was elite. Mm-hmm. So, uh, penalty kill is returning to where it needs to be. But, yeah, just, you know, I will say a lot of people do not like Wes McCauley. Yep. I thought he did a great job last night against the Islanders. Uh-huh. I thought that was – I mean, if we could have every game officiated like that, no complaint. Yes, there were some missed calls. Um, there were – like, for instance, one that comes to mind is the uh, Barzell high stick on Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. You know, he was given a two-minute minor, but I really thought that should have been a double minor mm-hmm. um, because if you looked at Tony's face, there was a cut, you know. Yeah, but it has to do with the blood. Yeah, know. whatever. I get it. But, you know, I can take that. Like, okay, that's fine. You, you give him a two-minute minor. You know, I get it. That's fine. But it was called evenly. It was called fairly. Everything from the penalties to the uh, face-off infractions and, you know, getting, you know, who they kicked out of the face-off circle and this and the, you know, everything I thought was acceptable in that game. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that just because we, we stayed out of the box. Just because we won in overtime <laughs> when it came back from three to nothing. I'm not saying it. I just felt like that was the right way to do it. And, but then, you know, you go and look at back at the, uh, the Rangers game and just everything about that from the, the the penalties, yes, some of them were penalties. Were did they all need to be called? Like I don't know. I think some of those are just ticky tack that that you could let go. But then and then you look at the end of the game where they missed the icing call that pretty much just. I mean, yeah, there was less than ten seconds, but you never know. I've seen this team score with point three left on the clock. So, you know, the the refs really dropped the ball there at the end of the Rangers game with that icing that missed mm-hmm. icing call, but it's just thing, you know, it's just, just wish it was more consistent, you know, but it is what it is. It hasn't really bit us in the butt yet. Um, but I guess it could moving forward. So mm-hmm. anything else? I think that's all yeah. I have. What do- I think we go on to uh ad read. Oh, that's right. We do have another ad read this week, right? Raycon. We all know how chaotic the holiday season can be, and it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. You know, how I just love the everyday earbuds. Um, I've tried them. I've, I love them. 
and their everyday earbuds are with me wherever I go. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, like I just talked about, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features, like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra-filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of their premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, we're back. Oh, and we're back. No, just teasing. We're back. All right. So it's been uh it's been a few sessions since we read some stupid tweets, AB. Yes. Um yes. I've I've got a really good one. Well I have a good when, one. Well, when I say good, I don't mean like good because it's a good I talk. mean good. Right, I mean good because it's literally stupid. Yep, that's that's why we call it stupid tweets. Uh, do you want me to go first? I'll let you go first. All right, <clears throat> let me clear my throat here. <clears throat> yep. So it was announced today mm-hmm. that Matthew Barzell for the New York Islanders has been fined $5,000, which is the maximum allowable under the CBA, mm-hmm. For high-sticking Tony D'Angelo, mm-hmm. right? So um, I'm assuming that player safety had determined that uh, it was an avoidable high stick mm-hmm. and maybe there was no intent to injure that warrant, warranted a suspension, but it was a little careless. And I agree with that. I think, you know, the way he swung his stick around kind of in that windmill fashion uh, mm-hmm. could have been avoided, but. We have people in our fan base mm. that hate Tony D'Angelo so much that they tweet garbage like this. Okay. I'm a Barzell hater, but I think everyone should be allowed to high stick Tony D'Angelo. That's one. Here's another. Who is starting the GoFundMe? That's the tweet. These are Carolina Hurricanes, quote unquote, fans. I mean, I don't know if you want to say anything about it, but look, I mean, I can. I can go on a rant here if you want me to. Well, I'll just keep it short and simple. Uh, Why don't you, uh, whoever tweets that or says that or likes that or comments like, yes, you know, why don't you get in Tony's position and see how you like to take a high stick to the face? I don't think you'll like it. <laughs> and to wish that upon somebody, if you wish it upon somebody, why don't you try it? Because when you try it, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, what was that for? So, I mean, put your money where your mouth is. I, I'm tired of the, you know, not supporting one player just because they're, Clearly, you know, you may say it's the way he plays, but, you know, it's clearly not that because, yeah, he makes mistakes, but so do so many other players on our team. So I'm not going to get into it. We've talked about it for so many sessions, beating a dead horse, but 
I mean, if people who say that, they need to grow up because it's ridiculous. I just, I just can't believe that I see stuff like this from our fan base, you know, over because you don't like a player. Like, look, any one of his – okay, let's talk about the Islanders game. That mm-hmm. goal, that first goal by Dobson in the first period. All right, Jarvis screwed up, mm-hmm. and so did Tony. But the only criticism that you see – is to tone it. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to say anything about Jarvis, mm-hmm. right? Look, that's it's unacceptable. It, you know, give credit where credit's due, and you give. It's got to be the other the other way too. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just unacceptable. You know, everybody needs a scapegoat, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm sick of it. I'm you know, and part of me, I wish. Part of me just kind of wishes that they would trade Tony. Just because mm-hmm. I'm so sick of seeing all the garbage out there about him from this fan base. Let me tell a personal story. So uh, after uh, practice, I went to a live practice in Invisalign Arena. And, you know, they had just the night before they had just had the season ticket member event where they all signed uh, for a bunch of fans. And, you know, I stood out there, you know, wanted to get something signed by, of course, you know, Ajo, Svetch, Slavin, Kokaniemi, Natchez, Slavin, Burns. Um, and the only two people that stopped and took their time to sign everybody's memorabilia and to take pictures were Brendan Lemieux and Tony D'Angelo. I don't know what you know other players were doing you know obviously you know living in the limelight uh of a professional sport or even as a celebrity you know it's a lot and sometimes you get you know annoyed with people asking for your autograph or ask for pictures when you just want to go home but tony d'angelo took time to say hello to everybody shake everybody's hand picture sign such a nice guy and I just don't understand how you can dislike him when you haven't even met him or gotten the chance to, you know, you don't talk to him because really the guy is just like you and I and every other person. He's a human being. You know, he's he's such a nice guy. And for him to take time out of a long practice, especially after losing uh, a couple of games that, you know, Carolina should have won. I mean, it really speaks volume to the person that he is. Yeah, and I don't think um, I don't think this is the attitude across the fan base. I just think that this is a you social know media. Yeah, 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 social media, the the cesspool of Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, but unfortunately, Twitter is about the only way to get NHL news and Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes news, you know, easily. So. Here's one. This is what it is. Here's one. This is my only one. Okay. In a reply from the New York Rangers game. Oh, gosh. A person said, this team will be lucky to have a wild card spot. Need a big rebuild this offseason. This is all you. I'm I'm not I'm not doing anything. Wait, so Carolina will be lucky to have a wild card spot? Correct. And they need okay. to rebuild. All right, look. I'm guilty at certain points of making statements that are ridiculous because of my emotions. Just put that out there. Uh-huh. Um but I usually don't mean it and then like sometimes like 5 minutes later when I start thinking <laughs> rationally I'll really say what I really think. Um, so I am guilty of this, but, and and I may or may not have made a comment last night. Um, <laughs> when the, when the Islanders went up three zero, um, you know, midway through the second, I may or may not have made a comment. Like at this point, I just hope we made, make the playoffs. But 10 minutes later, when I was thinking, you know, rationally, I changed that. But look, Carolina's going to make the playoffs, people. It's it's going to happen. We're going to make the playoffs. 
I feel very confident in saying that because I've seen this team play. I've seen this team play over the last several seasons that they've made the playoffs. And we have all the tools uh, necessary. We just need to put this together. And it's happening. We're watching it happen. When this is all said and done, the season, I mean, and we look back on the season, we're going to have, you know, we're going to, we're going to be talking about it. Oh, the slow start, you know, but we're going to be laughing at ourselves saying, why did we ever doubt this team? Because here we are, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the season and I'm willing to bet right that we are going to be there in the division race right at the end just like we've been the last several seasons i mean maybe we don't win the division okay that you know but winning winning the division is not make or break right how many divisions did tampa win during their you know span of three years that they were dominating the the entire nhl Mm -hmm. did they i don't even know but i know it wasn't you know they were one of those teams that like drug through the regular season just to get to the playoffs and then win the whole thing that was it yeah so you know winning the division is nice yeah you get some bragging rights you get a nice little banner um you get the one the home ice advantage throughout the the playoffs or you know at least the first two rounds or whatever but um is it really that big of a deal no it's not just as long as you're there at the end. Uh, I don't think Carolina is a wild card team. I think Carolina is top three in the division at the end. I think uh, if we don't win, we will be second or third. Mm-hmm. I don't think that um, that would require us dropping to a wild card spot would require uh, Philadelphia or uh, not. I'm sorry, not Philadelphia, uh, Pittsburgh to jump up and take that third spot or. You know, maybe the Islanders to jump up there. I just don't see that happening. I I see the top three being the Rangers, the Devils, and the Canes, you know, in any which order you want to put them in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your that's your top three. And I I'm ninety-nine percent sure that that's what it's gonna be at the end of the season. So yeah. mm-hmm. um I mean, you know, I wish I could curse, but you know, family friendly, I don't give a hoot. Uh, where we place, except if we're in the playoffs. That's all yeah. I care about. Yeah, that's all that matters. All right, AB. Well, <clears throat> I think I'm done. Well, I do want to say something before we uh, head off. Recently, the hockey community lost a uh, player, Adam Johnson, to a horrific accident that happened uh, overseas adam previously was a part of the ahl uh ontario reign and uh played with the pittsburgh penguins and you know uh, griff and i both want to send our condolences to the johnson family and to his teammates uh friends and you know any organization that he was a part of it's really has you thinking that the NHL really needs to put in safety precautions because one bad mishap can ultimately lead to a terrible injury. And in this case, it was more than an injury. So I just wanted to uh, say to the Johnson family and to the organization and to friends that uh, we're thinking about you. I know this is uh, really hard. Yeah, uh, for sure. But, you know, already there's been conversation, you know, conversation has started. Uh, There's certain players that are wearing, you know, the net guards. There's certain organizations or certain leagues that are requiring it now. Mm -hmm. So the conversation is happening. And, you know, we've seen it happen, you know, the past two seasons, there's there's this one uh, with Johnson, with Adam Johnson. Andrew Kane had his wrist, I think. Right, 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 right. And so that was last season, and and you know, luckily, they were able to get that one under control. But you know, it mm-hmm. could have turned out a lot different. But um, 
yeah, so conversations are happening, and I think we'll see change based upon this incident. So, yeah, yeah, good, uh, good tribute there, AB. That was good. Yeah, but thank you so much for listening to session 14. Can't believe it's already been 14 for session 15. The warning take will be joining us. Knock on wood. Uh, hope he is on the up and up. And we got some more surprises in store. I don't know. Uh, we you do? Can f- maybe. I don't know. Are you going to surprise me too, AB? Yes. Oh, I can't I wait. hope you do the same for me as well. But <laughs> you can follow me on X at AB Kaniac Session. And you can follow Griff on X at M underscore Griff 10. Thank you so much for listening to session 14, and we will see you in session 50. Bye. Thanks for listening to Kaniac Sessions. To stay up to date on all Kane's news or to interact with Griff and AB, please follow us on X, Instagram, or Facebook at Kaniac Sessions. Let's go, Kane. Let's go, Kane.